International headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in downtown Murfreesboro, Tennessee, in the greater Nashville area, in the southern suburbs of Nashville, in fact, in the heart of Tennessee, with Tennessee and the world at heart. This is Making a Difference, and I'm Dr. Shelton Smith. Well, dear friends, it's Wednesday, and we're delighted to have you along today and uh, looking forward to our study today in 2 Timothy chapter 4. You know, we started looking at the third verse in that chapter where it says, For the time will come, and I've said to you now for several days, I believe that time is now. What was promised would come. I believe it has come. And uh, we've looked at the details of that and seen the breakdown of our society and the breakdown of the church crowd that has taken place in so many, many places across the land. And now then, we're looking at what Second Timothy tells us about what we can do, how we can stay true, how we can stay faithful in the midst of this breakdown. And we're going to look at the last three or four pieces of that today and uh, trust that it's been a help to you. Now, remember, we are just one month from the Sword of the Lord Men's Conference, and it starts on Friday night, November the 10th, 6 p.m., finishes up on Saturday at 1.15. We'll start promptly and end promptly, and we look forward to having hundreds of men here for that, and I hope you'll be among them. Go to the Sword of the Lord website and check it out. Now, let's look today at 2 Timothy chapter 3. The key verse is, The time will come. When they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned into fables. I've said to you, that time is now. So what do we do? Well, let's look also in chapter 4 of Second Timothy. Verse 2 tells us several things. Number one, it says, preach the word. Now, every one of us who claim to be a preacher need to dig into the Bible and get a solid grip on what the Bible is about. And then when we stand up to preach, whether it's at a microphone like I'm at right now, airing this on uh, stations all over the country and around the world, if that's the case, we need to preach the Word. Or if, as I've done already several times this week, stand in front of a live audience and uh, face them eyeball to eyeball, we need to preach the Word. And if you're a pastor facing your folks two, three, four times a week, we need to preach the Word, need to tell them what God has said in His Word. Not only that, but it says we're to be instant in season, out of season. That means there is no time when it's not a good time to do what He's telling us here. Whether the world goes along or not is of no consequence. I mean, it does matter. But at the same time, it doesn't impact what we do or what we don't do. And not only that, but then he says, reprove and rebuke and exhort and do that with all long suffering and doctrine. That is, stay at it. Do not even for a moment give up on that. You know, every time that I stand in front of an audience, I'm reminded there's probably somebody in that audience that's on the edge, somebody in that audience that may be about to do something just really, really off the wall. And so if I can encourage them, if I can remind them, if I can give them solid substance on which they can build, I mean, how many times have I faced an audience and learned that somebody was there who was uh, so in despair of life that they were about to kill themselves or they were about to do something else just absolutely crazy and stupid. And uh, yet, because they were in that service, 
it made a difference, and they decided to walk with God and not go the crazy route. And folks, I'm telling you, that's why it's so important that guys like me and all of you, pastors and missionaries and evangelists who listen to me, I mean, even Sunday school teachers, you have an audience, and do what you can do to encourage and to tell people the Word of God and to exhort them, that is, encourage them to do what God has said. And when we get people on page to do what God has said, I'm telling you, it'll change what goes on on the streets in your neighborhood. I don't care what kind of a neighborhood you live in. These days, crazy things can happen. But if we get people to the Word of God, if we get people to the God of the Word, then it will make a difference with them. It will make a difference in their behavior. It will turn the tide in the neighborhood. And a lot of these neighborhoods that have just gone crazy bad, it's because they're without God. They're without the instruction of the Bible. They're without the emphasis that God would put in to their life. And so this passage just says, be long-suffering about that. And that just means be patient. Don't think for a moment that your time is wasted or that nobody's listening. Just keep on giving out the Word. Keep on telling people about the Savior. Keep on hammering on the things that are true and right. And he says, and do so with doctrine as well. Now, I know even in some Christian, so-called Christian circles, the word doctrine is just tossed to one side. In fact, I'm saying very candidly, there are people who absolutely despise the word doctrine. Well, I want you to know it's in the Bible a good number of times, and here is one of the cases where it is. So you say, what are we talking about with doctrine? We're just talking about what you teach. And a lot of folks have said, oh, we don't teach doctrine, which tells me they don't teach much. It tells me they're not doing what they ought to do. And they are, in fact, ignoring the great truths that God's laid out in His Word. Do you realize Acts chapter 20 says that we ought to deliver all the counsel of God? I'm hearing people sometimes who'll say, well, I know that guy doesn't do a lot of things that he ought to do, but he preaches the gospel as though that's sufficient. Well, fact is, I'm glad for anybody who preaches the gospel and preaches it right. But if that's all the guy does, I don't want my family there. If that's all the guy does, I'm not going to give commendation to him. I'm not going to embrace him as somebody that you ought to pay attention to because there's much, much more in the Bible, and I have no right, you have no right, no one has a right to throw the Bible aside and just say, well, page 12 doesn't count, page 112 doesn't count, and we just decide we can throw that out. So he's given us very pointed instruction here. Verse 5, he goes on to say, but watch thou in all things. That simply means that in these troubled times, you and I need to be a watchman. We need to be the watchman on the wall. I mean, some of you may not have a congregation that you stand in front of. If you are a pastor in front of a congregation, you are the watchman on the wall for that congregation. But maybe it's just for your family. You may be the watchman on the wall for your family. Some things ought not to park in your driveway. Some things ought not to get through the front door of your house, whether it's coming by the Internet or coming by TV or whatever. Some things ought not to be coming into your home. And the result of having a watchman is you can hit it off. You can keep that from happening. And he says, in all things, be a watchman. And not only that, he says, endure afflictions. There'll be people who'll come at you, they'll accuse you, they'll call you ugly names, they'll label you as a fanatic, they'll call you all kinds of things simply because you're doing the normal Christian thing. 
And when that happens, what are we to do? We are to endure. We are to just stick with it. Don't let somebody's nasty criticism cause you to make a bad decision. Endure the afflictions. And then in the midst of all of this, verse 5 says, do the work of an evangelist. Well, what is an evangelist? That's somebody who's an evangel, somebody who is taking the message, giving the good news. And here's the case where we need to get the gospel out. I mean, everything that happens or needs to happen in a person's life begins by their hearing and understanding the gospel. We need to get that out to them. And so he says, then make full proof of thy ministry. Don't be running a lot of crazy things through your ministry that's going to cause it to look suspicious or maybe that's totally unscriptural. A lot of folks put up with a lot of things in their ministry that they ought not to put up with. They just simply need to pull the plug on it. It's gone sour, so pull the plug. Don't do it. Stay away from it. And then we get down to verse 8, and here's one that I hope you have underlined in your Bible. It's not necessarily instruction, but it is one of God's great promises. And believe me, in a world gone sour, in a time whenever a lot of the church crowd is drifting and shifting in directions they ought not to go, you and I need to rely heavily upon the promises of God. And here's one for you. Verse 8, chapter 4, 2 Timothy. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. So do you see what he's telling us here? It pays to serve Jesus, as the songwriter said. It pays every day. It pays every step of the way. And ultimately, when you and I get to heaven, the rewards that are going to come at the judgment seat of Christ, the rewards that are going to be there in heaven when we are given an inheritance. You see, when we come to Christ, we become an heir of God and a joint heir with Christ, according to the Bible, and then we have an inheritance. The heir is the person. That's the who. But the inheritance is the what. That's what we get. That's what we're given. And God provides an inheritance, a wonderful reward for those that stick and stay like they should. Now, everything that is going crazy in our world, there may be little or nothing that we can do to stem the tide, although we ought to be trying. But whenever we see our world going sour, the big assignment we have is that we don't go sour, our family doesn't go sour, that our church doesn't go sour, and do everything we can, even in our neighborhood, in our city, our county, our state, whatever, do all that we can. You say, why do we do what we do? We do so because it's right to do, because we're God's children, and because we look forward to the day whenever the Lord says, I've got something laid up for you, I've been waiting to give it to you, and when you get to heaven, he's going to give very graciously and generously to us. We may not deserve everything, but the Lord does reward faithfulness, and he will reward us for sticking and staying like we should. The truth is, dear friends, it does matter what we do. And whenever we do as we should, the Lord is paying attention. He is taking note of our faithfulness and our walk with him. So what we've looked at here now, actually this makes about eight days on the broadcast that we've been looking at Second Timothy and laying out very clearly the fact that our world is in a mess. It's going crazy, and we don't have to look forward to see that. We know that's the case. And a lot of the changes that have come to the church crowd 
are not good changes. These are things that you and I need to look at very, very carefully before we embrace them. And as we look at the changing, shifting, drifting of the church crowd, we need to find some place. And by the way, I travel about as much as anybody in America in the church crowd. And I have the privilege of preaching in literally dozens of churches every year, north, south, east, and west, all across North America. And I'm telling you, even though a lot of the church crowd has uh, gone into the drifting mode and gone into shifting toward the culture, we've got hundreds, even thousands of churches all across North America that have not done that. They have stayed true, and they're staying true. And every one of us need to find a place like that and determine that will be our place. And I'm just saying, folks, I know it's not easy. I know this world is in a mess, and it's getting worse every day. The Bible tells us right here in chapter 3 that it's going to get worse and worse as time goes along. All the more reason why we need to be sure we have ourselves planted in a good spot. We have our family in a good church, and we do the things that we ought to do. And it's one of the reasons, one of the main reasons, why that I'm here at this microphone right now just pounding away at the things that I believe we ought to pay full attention to. And dear folks, I want to help you. I want to see you grow in the Lord. I want to see you stay true and stand strong. I want you to finish up as you started. You get born again, that's the beginning. And as you walk the walk and stay true until your last breath, that is the way that it ought to be. And I simply want to every day when we gather here to encourage you. So is that time now? Yes, I think the time is now when all of this is unfolding. But you and I, by God's grace and paying attention to his instructions, can stay true and do what we ought to do. We don't have to go down as everybody else is going down. We can be God's servants. And I trust that you'll make a commitment to do that. Listen, I love to hear from you. So write me a note. Do so real soon. Dr. Shelton Smith at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. Well, until tomorrow, God bless you. Have a good rest of the day and goodbye for now.